dream of how we used to be in the day, the less convenient day. And how far from how that is today. Oh, golly gee, Miss Susie B, won't you come back home? Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soul Shack tonight. On my right, Adam Markham. On my left, Bobby Reynolds. And joining us in the virtual Soul Shack, you know him from Sports Illustrated IDP, guys. It is Joey the Tooth. Joey, how are you, my man? I'm living the life. How are you guys doing? You know, we're doing pretty good. It's draft week. It's big week. Addy, how are you feeling? Feeling good, feeling ready. Feel uh, strong? Feel very strong. Got in two rounds this past weekend. We had 80-degree weather here. It was beautiful. Joey, not to brag. Mm. No, it's a little mm-hmm. chilly up your way. Is it warming it's, up your way? Uh, it did for like a couple of days. Now we're back in the 50s. Mm. Now we're back under three feet of snow. Yeah, jeez. Thanks for uh, that in. Yeah, well, it, we had a great weather uh, Great weather weekend here in, in it BG. It's like 85, so, wasn't it? Yeah. Hit the links. We're, we got the draft all this week. We got tons of pods dropping. We're playing some golf Friday at a brand new course that's opening up here. Life, nice. I don't know. Can it get any better? Pinch yourself, Addy. Make sure you ain't dreaming. Ow. Ow. <laughs> it's real, Bobby. It's real. How are you, man? I'm good, Joshy. How are you? Good. You know, we did Addy hit the links. I was up at Keeneland mm. Racetrack in Lexington on Sunday. We went with some friends who... Hadn't been to Keeneland before, hadn't gotten the horse racing experience up there. Mm-hmm. You really couldn't order up a more perfect day. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and it's really, it's, it can be, mm-hmm. if you're not like a crazy degenerate, a pretty cheap day of entertainment. It's like five bucks for general admission and mm-hmm. a $2 bet minimum, 18 rate. You're looking at like a $25 day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get a little crazy. Minus $175 in gas. Yeah, exactly. And all the booze, right? <laughs> sure, I, I did sure. love this. We we're walking out, and Allie was like, I'm so proud of myself. I held my bourbon pretty well having three cocktails. And I was like, Allie, mm. you had four cocktails. <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm even more proud of myself then. So, <laughs> Let's go, Josh. Yeah, but it was and a I'm good week. still weekend. walking. Do yeah. you, uh, you make any money? So we made a little bit of money. It was funny. We didn't bet like big bets. We did like 5 and $10 bets, but... Every single race, there were nine of them. Mm-hmm. There were four people in our group. One of our group members won some kind of bet every single race. All right. It was kind of crazy. So now it might have been like a $1 bet on a horse to win, and you cash like, mm. you know, 350 or something. But, hey, had some good luck. If somebody was betting on us, what, were, what would our odds be? I mean. Like a 1 to 40 horse, probably. I mean, to do what exactly? I don't know. Just, just, just to get canceled. I mean, yeah. then that changes the odds <laughs> yeah. quite a bit. That's uh, you got to put a lot of money down to make some cash on that one. We're, we're, we're bad bets. Yeah, I don't know. I like to think uh, we're probably pretty long shot. Yeah, maybe Bob, not the cancel. Hey, we're underdogs. Yes, sir. I love that, Bob. Bob People have been bending against it our whole life. <laughs> Bob, you were, I think, in one of the Carolinas this weekend, weren't you? Yeah, me and the mother-in-law. Shout out, Tess. I know she's a listener. Wherever Santa Carolina is. Shout out Tess. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, good weekend. Great week ahead. NFL draft on Thursday. As Addie mentioned, this is a big week for us. We got some awesome shows dropping in the feed. Of course, our Thursday night live stream. We're going to be going live about halfway into the first round to break it all down for you. Joey, I think you're going to be joining us for that as well. I will be there. 
So it's going to be a lot of fun. We need guys like you and Macri and Trip mm-hmm. to help balance out the shenanigans that will be happening here in the Soad Shack mm-hmm. with some actual analysis. So uh, we should mention we'll have a couple special guests here in the Soad Shack as well. You'll have to tune in to see who's going to be joining us. But it should be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it tremendously, Joey. Uh, but... Tonight, we have we, we like balance with this show, right? So we had Mikey Dubs on a few weeks ago to give us draft sleepers. And with the hype at an all-time fever pitch here, as we count down the hours until Thursday, Joey, we're having you on to talk about some IDP busts. Now, these are not defensive players that are going to bust for real-life NFL purposes. These guys could all be productive players. But for your IDP roster you're going to be looking at some dudes who may disappoint. Was this a tough exercise for you? It it seems like this is a pretty good defensive class, all things considered. I think it's honestly a better NFL defensive class than it is for IDP, mainly because the edge class is so deep, but there's a lot of powerful interior edge rushers. Like There's a lot of guys who play both edge and interior, but their best pass rush is on the interior, and I think that's actually – poor for IDP honestly especially if they're gonna be lining up on the edge so that's kind of what dominates the uh my bust is the edge slash interior rushers here yeah that's one thing that I'm looking forward to you helping us break down and understand is where these guys might land up obviously landing spot is gonna have a lot to do with that but I think we can project a little bit where these guys might land based on how they profile in terms of their NFL prospects, Joey. So we're going to hit some draft stuff, then we're going to take a little break to hear from our sponsors. And on the other side of the break, we've been doing some IDP-only best balls in sleepers, so we're going to hit some takeaways from those drafts. That's been a lot of fun. We'll be doing those throughout the offseason. So if you want to get in on one of the best balls, DM me, and we'll make sure to get you on the list for the ones that we have coming up. But Joey... Let's not keep the folks waiting any longer. Why don't we jump in with your first IDP bust? And I, I got to say, you're going spicy right off the top because we may be looking at a potential number one overall pick here. Who's your first guy? Trayvon Walker, edge defender from Georgia. So he's an absolute athletic beast. Like He blew up the combine. He was he had like pretty much a perfect RAS score, like a 10 10 out of 10, but he's like 275 pounds, runs a four or five, like a 33 inch vertical. His broad jump was like 133 inches or something like that. But his athleticism is off the charts. But the problem is if you look at his career, I mean, he hasn't really had gaudy numbers. I mean, he had career highs his, his last year in college of just 33 tackles, seven and a half for a loss, only six sacks. Those are his career highs. And he probably fits best in the NFL playing like a three technique, like an interior, interior pass rusher, defensive tackle, and a four or three. He's going to be the guy. He's the, pretty much his, his main job is to interior pass rush. That's going to be his best bet. Take Beat double teams with his athleticism, but be strong enough to, to beat a guard or center. But unfortunately for IDP, that's not really great because you don't want an interior pass rusher because that six those six sacks is probably like a – a high for him if he's going to be a, a definitive interior pass rusher. But the other problem is if a team tries to play him on the edge, sure. He shows all this elite athleticism and everything, but he hasn't really translated it into technique. I mean, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. he doesn't come off the edge with any sort of powerful presence. He has, he's got pretty decent bend, but he's still 275 pounds. He's still a bigger guy and he hasn't translated into production. So off the edge, he, you haven't really seen it. And on the interior, it doesn't spell well for IDP. So Trayvon Walker, he's going to end up probably being a second round pick, but he could be a potential bust. Second yeah, round second, pick in your rookie drafts. Yeah, least. rookie draft picks. Because it seems like what Jacksonville is gonna. I I think take right him. now, if I were and putting money on it in Vegas, I think Walker is the pick for the Jags and, in one. And I don't think, he I don't think there could be a worse landing spot for him. Truly, I he's know. not. He's the type that you know you need to have because he is like a project type. Uh, project type, you know, as far as like the other yep. two, right? Um, Aiden and and Aiden and, seems like the most pro ready, Joey. And it's you've got Thibodeau, and then you've got Trayvon Walker. Right. Basically, the the ceiling is the highest for Walker, but the floor is also the yeah. lowest. You just so want the, a stable environment for that. for me is yeah. like all this Trayvon Walker hype. It's like, all right, so everybody was hyping up Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, and then Trayvon Walker came to the combine, and he blew it up with his athleticism. But mm-hmm. it's not like Aiden Hutchinson was bad by any means. He was still in, like He still had a great combine. So it's like you have this guy who was a potential number one pick, have a great combine, and yet all of a sudden now he's losing his spot to a guy who was viewed as like a late first round pick, but had this crazy combine. Now he's shooting up to like a top three. It's just, just crazy to me. To speak to that uh, RAS score you're talking about, that relative athletic score, and that's at Math Bomb if you're interested in this stuff. Nine point nine nine score that ranked third out of one thousand four hundred twenty eight defensive ends from nineteen eighty seven to twenty twenty two. Wow. So that was third all time. Wow. Is it I would love to see the ones above him to see like does this kind of freaky all time athleticism actually translate to NFL success? Because Bobby, that's what it seems like is happening to me is you have Aiden Hutchinson, who is in his own right, great athlete, Kayvon Thibodeau, great athlete. Maybe not as safe, quote unquote, as Aiden Hutchinson, but because these guys just, I think, fall a little short of the Chase Youngs and the Bosa brothers that we've seen in past years, mm-hmm. it seems like at least the Jags and maybe some other analysts and teams are falling in love with the potential upside of a Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I mean, you know, even kind of the last couple of years, you look at some of these guys athletically, and I don't know exactly when the whole. RAS score stuff, and the athletic profiles started becoming a bigger thing than production. Like, I'm not sure when the scale finally tipped for the NFL where that was a, a as big of a player as, you know, actual um, college production. Um, but, yeah, man, I, th- I, I don't know what's going to happen with Walker. I, I do agree with Addy. I think that Walker is definitely more of a project type and – that is not that's the not Jacksonville what you want Jaguars. Yeah, that's not what you want in Jacksonville. And the other thing too is like, you know, Aiden Hutchinson does seem to be more polished and I even like, you know, Thibodeau, I think I think there's maybe a case to even take him possibly over him. Walker. Oh yeah. Um but it does still seem like aside from actual IDP talk here, the one oh one this year is just so gross. And, you know, and there's a lot of talk, too, I feel like on Twitter right now, about what if Peterson just takes an offensive piece? He could. Just because he doesn't want to deal Ikea with Kwanu the could types. go one. Yep. I mean, 
So who would y'all take between these three first? I would take Hutchinson. If I'm sitting too. there as the Jags, so I'm Joe, going you would Hutchinson. take Hutchinson. So it, it's it's close because I think Thibodeau actually has a higher ceiling, but Hutchinson is just he's just proven two years straight that he's just phenom- he has it. Eddie, who are you taking? For the Jags, I think a guy like Hutchinson would be good for them mm-hmm. just because, like, they need somebody in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And that's what that, that dude, like, is – is yeah. he's, like, got that Watt in him. You yeah. know, he's, like, he's going to outwork everybody. He's got safe. all the character issues you, you want. You just want to hit a double. And yeah. maybe you can leg it into a triple. You're he's right. He's safe. He's solid. I think that's – I mean, that's probably the pick I'd – but you would but it's because them. it's the Jets. I love Thibodeau, though, for yeah. sure. You hate to see him just eating somewhere. Yeah, I do love him. So, I was going to ask you a question, too, Joshy. Um, and I completely forgot what it was. You had That's just okay. said it. Oh, so it was what we had kind of talked about in our little big three thread this week and what Adam is kind of working on. Um, and I kind of disagree with what you said just a minute ago about the – you said the Bosa types and the Chase Young types. But if you kind of look at – you know, Chase Young right now, Adam's kind of doing a little bit of um, a little bit of breakdown right now. Go ahead and give it to us. He's been stinking it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of putting together some consistency rank, rankings, which is um, we're just seeing, you know, who had the, the most games under 10 points, who had the most games over 10 points, who had the most games over 20 points, um, and looking deeper into game logs and pretty much and just seeing kind of how people, people performed and kind of like what the peaks and valleys were for each guy. Uh, but yeah, it's been eye opening for a lot of different guys. Chase Young, especially, yep. he did not. I think his best game last year in eight games he played was like thirteen points. Yeah, not great. And like every other game was under ten points. Joey, you're uh, you're pressure outside sucked of, as well. You're outside of the circle here. What's your Chase Young temperature right now? Uh, very cold. I actually would rather have Montez Sweet over Chase Young just because I mean he's performed and you can get him much cheaper. Damn you. That was my next question. <laughs> stole, that's, stole the answer right out your mouth. Well, I mean, that's a good comment. I mean, we've been doing these best ball drafts. I am just shocked at Chase Young's ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I mean, this is a guy that's going off. He's still going as like a top six yeah. edge guy. Yeah, that seems rich. Which is crazy, dude. Coming off an injury, coming off a bad season before the injury. We still love him for Dynasty, but for these redraft kind of best ball setups. Yeah, he's I still just... going before like Joey Bosa and, and guys yeah. like that. And it's like And even like I'm sorry, but I want Clil Mack. I want Chandler yes. Jones. Mm-hmm. I want like I want all those guys over Proven Chase consistency. Young. Yeah. But what yeah, about, it's what about last year's edges? What about uh Jalen Phillips or Love Jalen Phillips? I'd rather have Jalen Phillips. I think. Yeah, I think I'd Same. rather have Jalen Phillips. Well, what? just the injury. Okay, let's say let's say Chase Young doesn't blow out his ACL. Let's and he say just he's, continued to suck it up though last year. Let's say he comes on because he he sucked at the beginning of his rookie season as well. Turned it on late. So let's say something similar happens. Finishes he, with seven and a half sacks. There you eight go. Sacks. He finishes the year pretty strong, mm-hmm. but not like set the world on fire by any means. Do we still have the same sense of optimism, or are we still a little bit in the... I feel much better about him, yeah, not having an ACL to deal with. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you got... It's just two It's just two it's thumbs. It's a double whammy, yeah. yeah two just thumbs two down thumbs down. For Chase Young. And, Bob, I was simply saying, coming into the draft, okay, the production okay. plus the you. athletic profile, I think that's what is lacking a little bit with these two edge rushers. Even though folks like Hutchinson, they like Thibodeau, uh, the eye-popping measurables with Trayvon Walker, I think are what is 
driving people to maybe consider him. But we are kind of looking for that. I think, one overall I think a lot of people, a lot of talent evaluators, I mean, you look at the top edge guys. I mean, they all pretty much share yeah. those. Freaky athleticism. Right, and so that's what everyone's looking for. That's well, really all it is. And Adam's right, too, from the standpoint of, man, that team really needs some leadership. You know, mm-hmm. um, what a just horrific 2021 it was with Urban Meyer. And, you know, I still love Trevor Lawrence just because I think he's super talented. I think Doug Peterson is going to be a fun offensive coach. Um, I, I really like Christian Kirk. I think that was a great offseason addition, even though there's tons of people that think that was horrible. I really like Kirk there. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, Adam is 100% right in that Aiden Hutchinson needs to be you know, kind of the voice for that defense. You need uh, a face of the defense, absolutely. right, to absolutely. pair alongside Josh Allen. You've got <laughs> Foye Aluakun in there now. So you've got some pieces. But have you heard kind of the strife between Balky and yes. Shad Khan? I'm yes. sure you have seen that. Yeah, one uh, of them wants Hutchinson, one of yeah. them wants Walker. And so, also Shad Khan wants to be in London. I'm sure he does. Move the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had heard that. And uh, I had heard that they would maybe be for sale, like uh, – Whatever it was, the NFL was wanting to move them, and maybe Khan didn't want to, or maybe it was the opposite. And uh, supposedly he was like, you know what, never mind. I'm going to have to get rid of the team or something. That was kind really? of through Twitter somewhere this huh. week. But anyways, sorry to get away from uh, Walker uh, talk. All right, so Trayvon Walker, first up on the bus list. I would love to see him land in a spot like Houston, where there's no pressure to you know perform year one. This is a rebuilding team. This team is totally devoid of talent. He could sit there and be that IDP and defensive NFL stud year two, year three. Give this guy some time to marinate in a situation that has no hope because they don't have a quarterback. They have no talent on the roster. But give me Aiden Hutchinson in Jacksonville. Joey, one question I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. uh, for myself and anyone out there who's not as familiar with where some of these guys line up. Can you give us an example maybe of a three-tech edge in the NFL right now like someone we could point to and say this is the kind of role that we could see Trayvon Walker playing if he does land with a team that's going to play him as a three tech I mean I guess you could you would think maybe along the lines of like DeForest Buckner or Eric Armstead okay that makes your, sense. your pass rusher on the interior like you're you're like with the uh, Indianapolis they have what Grover Stewart Yep. He plays your one tech pretty much. He's he's just your, your gap filler. He takes on as much blockers as he can and DeForest Buckner gets in there and he's the he's the pass rusher of the group. Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's help that helps me understand like what kind of player are we talking about here. So Trayvon Walker. Yes. Before, before we yes, move Ed. on, this is cool. On the RSS uh their website, um RAS, sorry. Uh it shows where they've actually had visits. Um from Ooh, who okay. they, who, what teams they've gone and seen. So they've, they've, he's gone to the Jaguars, obviously. Yep. Lions, Giants, Panthers, Texans, Commanders, and Jets. Yeah, wow. pretty much all the teams in the top ten. Yep. I think there's a wide range. I, I would not be surprised if he went first overall. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if he went later in the top ten. But there's no chance he's making it out of the top ten. He will I don't be. Think he even makes it out of the top five, to be honest. I think. If I don't either. The Giants. The Giants will take him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a rebuilding team as well. So well, that'd uh, be fun. It needs a yeah. ton of edge help. Yep. So let's talk about your next guy here, Joey. Another edge that you think may get banged from where a team is going to ask him to line up. Who's the next guy on your list? Uh, George Carlaptis from uh, Purdue. So his stock's been 
dropping pretty much throughout the entire draft process and he hasn't really done anything wrong but it's just he was potentially he was considered like the the number three overall edge in the beginning of the process but now guys like Jermaine Johnson have been kind of surpassing him Trayvon Walker have been surpassing him and everybody's just kind of losing sight of him so he could be a potential sleeper to be honest if he falls any farther but the fact that is he's not going to have great as good of draft capital as we were hoping for he might even lose his first round capital he might drop all the way to the second but uh, as a freshman, he showed elite potential in college. But since then, he hasn't really improved. It's just been – that was his, his best year in college was his freshman year. So it, that, that's a little worrisome from an from a improvement standpoint. But he's got great power, but he's got a limited bend. So his he's a total people mover. He's got strength that's just unbelievable. And he can rush off the edge, but he just doesn't have the bend. He's got the power and speed. Which leads me to believe he probably fits best as a three-four D end. So figure like Rashawn Gary in his first few years in the NFL, it wasn't great until he moved outside as an actual outside linebacker instead of defensive end. That's when he finally turned it on. And I think Carlathis actually best fits as that three-four D end. So that's where it keeps me worried with him. So it's definitely landing spot for him dependent. But if he lands as in a three-four he's not going to play outside linebacker. He's going to play defensive end. Yeah, Joe, I remember from the edge episode that you did with Evan talking about uh, Karloftis and saying that that's what stuck out to me was this guy's all power, right? This is not necessarily Mm -hmm. a guy with tremendous bend or wiggle that he's just going to basically try to use that strength to overpower uh, offensive linemen. And that always worries me a little bit because – um, everyone is strong in the NFL. Right. So, but that also gets back to something that I heard um, on the athletic football show. They were talking about uh, with uh, one of the offensive linemen for the Kansas city chiefs said, you don't lose strength. You may lose speed. You may lose burst. You may lose agility, but you don't lose strength. And so I'm curious, do you think that this, is going to translate to year one success, or is he going to have to catch up a little bit in terms of making an impact on the NFL field? It honestly, I think it really depends where he lands. If he he needs to land somewhere, he's going to start because if he's just going in as a like a situational pass rusher, mm. I mean, sure he might put up some decent pass rushing numbers, but that's going to be nothing gaudy. Yeah, Babo, it was uh I was listening to the athletic football show today. Nate Tice was talking about friend of the show, Nate yeah, Tice. Great friend. Was talking about how guys with very wide variants and Karloftis was one of the names that came up in terms of could go top fifteen, could go second round. Yeah. So this is one of those players, I think, that more so than like a Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be so landing spot dependent in terms of how we look at him for IDP. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, recent mocks kind of showing him tumble to the Browns. Kind of okay. like uh, like JOK did a little bit last year, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. right. I don't remember exactly when JOK was taken, but I knew he fell a little bit further. What about uh, what about this tweet? So uh, um, George's uh, preferred Chipotle uh, order, triple steak, double white rice, Light cheese. 
That's terrible. That's a wow. bad taste. That's, that's all that's on the – It's arrow down from wind. Yeah, that's concerning. I mean, I get what he's – I guess he's got to load up on whatever. I, I don't understand that yeah, lifestyle. Macros or – Obviously. Macries or – Yeah, some cool. sort of Macs. I'm sure there's something. <laughs> big Macs. Loading yeah. up on Macries. <laughs> got to load up on the Big Macs. That was a great question they asked today on that episode was, all right, You've got to gain 20 pounds because there was one of the prospects that weighed in like 20 pounds heavier at his pro day uh, from the combine. (laughs) They said the NFL personnel guys probably got in his agent's ear and was like, look, I think it was a wide receiver. Your guy needs to put on some weight. We're Mm -hmm. worried he can't go up and get the contested catch. And so they were asking, like, what would you eat if you had to gain 20 pounds in like, you know, six to eight weeks? Mm. And they were saying like uh, Nate Tice actually had to do this in the NFL or not the NFL for college. So he said he ate donuts and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Like mm. he'd start the day with donuts in the day with donuts and then fill up on PB and sugar. Yeah. Mm. So Joey, what would be, you're a fit dude, but what would be, you got to gain 20 pounds. What are you uh, shoving down the old, the old gullet to make it happen? You got to try. You got to make, let's say you got to make weight for a boxing match or something. And um, right. you got to pack on the pounds. I'm coming up here to, to whip your ass, boy. <laughs> how, long, how long do I have? Let's say six weeks. You've got six weeks to put six on 20 weeks? pounds. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Beer. Beer. It's the only thing I got to ever put weight on. It, that does work. That yeah. does work. True. I was going to say, Seriously, mine I got would metabolism be... that's crazy like a mother, and it's just I can't gain weight worth the life of me. But when I was drinking, sure, I could pack on a little belly. Yeah, yeah there you go. Mine would probably be like Kraft mac and cheese. I would just slap like two or three boxes a day and just, uh, boy, your blood pressure, your blood sugar, like your cholesterol, you'd be <laughs> Josh, a train whole... wreck. We were talking you'd the be whole... red in the face, but you'd be fat. Yeah. We're talking the whole gamut of uh... – of, of things you can eat. You're picking mac and cheese. Well, I wanted to pick something <laughs> like. <laughs> Wait, what did you say there? Like, why are you doing that to yourself, bro? Like, well, I was thinking about donuts. Like, holy, you'd be a diabetic. Yeah, but you go to like ads weeks. and like, it's still amazing. You go to, you know. I'm, I'm trying to, th- I'm th- thinking of longevity. After about no, like eight days, Josh I'd have the shakes from like sugar coma. Josh is sitting at home eating mac oh, yeah. and cheese. I mean, I'm eating like three or four boxes a week what already. Is what are you so, fried chicken, yeah. pizza, wings, a beer. I'm going. You're already eating this stuff. Like, <laughs> I know. This is, like, this is not a stretch. I'm just eating more of it, dude. What do you 20 mean? Pounds, six weeks, Josh. Burritos. Burritos. Get you. Get you. Get oh, your reader. Coconut dreams. Yes. Sir. Late night White Castle. All of it. Are you in that line that's wrapped around the building at like 11 p.m. at our White Castle? I've, I've got. I've told you, boys, I've gotten a little selective when it comes to uh, the fast food lately. Mm-hmm. Haven't had Taco Bell, Wendy's, White Castle. We've been to pretty much just Chick-fil-A. and That's it? Occasionally McDonald's for breakfast. Okay, so we had, we had McDonald's on the way up to see my in-laws. And there's the gas station in Glendale there right before you get on the parkway. So it's like, oh, we needed to get dinner. Let's just hop off at Glendale, get McDonald's there. So it's a gas station McDonald's. So it goes down. You you wouldn't believe there's, you know, there's 12 cars in line at this place Mm because everyone had the same idea. Had a quarter pounder or whatever. And like, those are pretty good. It's usually good. Oh, yeah. That's your thing. You like these now, right? You like the quarter pounders with cheese. Quarter pounders are great. But then the next day, I go and have the best, voted the best burger in Frankfurt. 
hot off the griddle. Mm. Like you, mm. you watch them cook it right in front of you. It's real beef. They're out They're back in the back room patting these burgers out. Like I'm watching them do it. Wow. And it's like, this is the same food item that I got from McDonald's. No, it's not. And this could not feel <laughs> any further away, you know, comparatively. So... Yeah, it was not good, folks. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Addy. The, the fast food scene's been hit hard, but especially the it's the, it is something when whenever there's a fast food place attached to a gas station, it's just like it's like seventy five shit, probably less. Like it's like sixty to seventy five percent of what it's supposed to be. It's like Karloftis's Chipotle order arrowed down just <laughs> yeah. uh, from what from uh, what's coming out the window. Right. End. Imagine Chipotle attached to a gas station. Imagine Chick Fil A attached to it. It'd still be great. It'd we had one. We had it's okay. So oh, another. Yeah. We had Chick Fil A at campus, and that's kind of the same deal. Mm-hmm. It was. Well, we okay. had Chick Fil A in the mall. Remember? That's right. We did. Yeah. And that was wow. that was that was not a good Chick Fil A. Remember malls? Yeah, malls. dude. We go walk at the mall sometimes. Ours are gone. Yeah, when it's raining, is, it's like a ghost town. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, Joey, what's yours like? Because ours has basically become like a flea market well, now. It's today. it's like yeah, a, it's just old people walking. That's it. That really is it. It's it's like a flea market, and the only people in there are mall walkers. That's really mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Us being weird. among the mall walkers, but sure. uh, so Karloftis, we are thinking may <laughs> so get ADP podcast. Yeah, let's <laughs> shift gears back to give you all just total whiplash. Um, so five tech d- defender. I'm guessing this is a little bit wider out than like a three tech would be, Joey. A little bit. That's your three four DNs. So, so a three tech going to be a four three pass rushing defensive tackle. So he's going to be an interior rusher. A five tech is going to be your three four DN. So it's you have your nose tackle, gotcha. then you have your defensive okay. ends, and then you have your outside linebackers. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. This is good stuff. Like folks assume just because we host an IDP podcast that we have like all this defensive personnel knowledge. That's not our strength. That's why we bring on guys like Joey to help educate us, absolutely, Kentucky boys, on what these three and five tech. Uh, defenders look like. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That was very good, Bobby. So, uh, speaking of draft bust, Joey, another one that I'm surprised to see on your list here uh, is sort of an umbrella catch-all for any player not named Kyle Hamilton. Any yeah. safety not named Kyle Hamilton. It was. It's funny you bring this up. Listening to John Glosser and Evan talk through the safeties on the Big Nickel episode from this past week, they would talk up these safeties, and I'm like, they really are kind of hammering this class. Mm-hmm. And then they would go to rank the guys at the end, and it'd be like the second and third ranked guys. I was like, they were pretty much saying they weren't like huge fans of these guys, mm-hmm. and now it's the second and third ranked guys. So this is not surprising to hear you say, even though – a lot of very smart draft analysts love this safety class from like a quality perspective. You're saying for IDP, eh, maybe not so much. Yeah, I think there's a lot of them that are actually they're going to be shifting between like slot corners and and uh, free safety, like Daxton Hill, Jalen. It was a Jalen Petre Petrie from yeah, uh, Jaylen, yeah Petre. from Baylor. Yeah, he'll probably play a lot of slot or or free safety. But I mean, it's just so you. Kyle Hamilton, he's he pretty much can line up anywhere, so he's going to be your easy safety one. Other than that, you have like Lewis Sign from uh, Georgia. He's a he's a fireball, like so he's kind of like your your box style safety, but he's kind of crappy in coverage. I, I've heard people say that he's great in zone, but it's just because he has good closing speed. He actually has terrible coverage technique. 
So he's going to get, he's not going to see the field as much. I don't think uh, Daxon Hill and Jalen Petre, they're going to be, I think relegated, relegated to slot and free safety. Um, Kirby Joseph, he's a guy I'm a little intrigued about because he's kind of a big play guy and he's got an unbelievable wingspan, but he only has one year of production at Illinois. So it's like, where do you go with this class? It's like Nick Cross, he's uh, from Maryland. He's yeah, unbelievable athleticism, but again, it's just like you didn't hear anything about him until you saw his combine. So the safety class outside of Kyle Hamilton, I am way down on. Bobo, that begs the question, what the hell are we going to do with these late like fourth and fifth round picks and rookie drafts? Are we just going to like draft linebackers and edge guys and hope for the best? I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. I think there's going to be good edges, good linebackers. You know, even if you think back last year, I don't know that there were really a ton of safeties taken. Um, no. Trayvon Morig, uh, Richie Grant, Javon Holland, Javon Holland—they all sucked. Devon yeah. Diablo, Richie was Grant was Richie the, Grant was, was the big guy, one, and yeah. he was like probably the biggest bust for rookie IDPs last year. Holland um, came on kind of at the end of the year. A little yeah, bit. He yeah, was Holland good. was good. He was yeah, good. That's sure. the one. It was good. But even really, I don't know. What, did you draft Holland or was he a free agent? I I traded for him. Okay. Yeah, he was in a. Trade. Cameron Bynum had a had a yeah. Two but a lot of those guys we were waiver wires. They weren't probably. Did you draft Holland? Like, I'm just saying, not you. I think I drafted Holland in the like fifth round of a draft. Yeah, he would yeah. have been a later. Yeah, yeah I think right. Holland went in our rookie draft. Yeah, he was. SFFL. People weren't. Yeah, it was all. Richie Grant was pretty much the. So, yeah, I, I've the seen guy. Kyle Hamilton tagged a lot to uh, the commanders so far. That's what I was going to say. I love that fit with yeah. Landon Collins out the door. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera there as the coach. I mean, that just seems like a given. It's interesting that Landon Collins doesn't have a landing spot yet. I know. He's still productive. He's still relatively young, too. Isn't he 27 yeah. or so? Um, I know he had a huge cap hit, and that's the majority of the reason why he's gone. Um, but I think it's good Cam Curl sale season because uh, I think uh, I think it's a strong possibility that, that Kyle Hamilton, if he doesn't go any sooner, um, could end up with uh, Ron Rivera there in Washington. Yeah, it's terrifying, right, with mm-hmm. uh, with Hamilton. Someone's value is about to get zapped. Cute. Yeah, because the comp that I keep hearing with Hamilton, and Joey, tell me if this rings true for you, is Derwin James. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily quite to that level of Derwin coming out of college, but shades enough of Derwin that people are throwing that comparison out there. He's got the same style game. He's not quite as athletic as Derwin is. I mean, mm-hmm. Derwin's all over the place, but Kyle Hamilton is he can he's so he was even lining up as an edge rusher in college. Like he he went all the way through the line. So I think he's got the size. He's about two hundred and twenty pounds, six four, two twenty. I mean, he can play linebacker in a pinch. He's gonna be a strong safety. He can play the box. He's got coverage skills. He's got He's got eyes in, to play your last line of defense. He can be a free safety. So I, I think he has a lot of Derwin James to his game. He just lacks the elite athleticism that Derwin James has. Yeah. On the athletic football show today, Nate Tice said something interesting, which was even though we didn't see a great 40 time from Kyle Hamilton, you want to get him in space because he's such a great kind of read the field, see where the play is going, react. He has great instincts. So mm-hmm. he has this great awareness as a safety, but um, not necessarily the best speed. So it's kind of odd to say you want to get Kyle Hamilton in space, but you want to do that because you know, based on those instincts, the guy's going to make the right call more than he's not. 
Yeah, he's a kind of he's like one of those safeties that can actually call your plays on defense. Like you can give him a dot on defense and he can run your defense for you. Uh, 6'4", 240. You know who was also 6'4", 240? 6'4", 220. Sorry. That's what I meant. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Simmons. That's right. Really? Very similar comp. Wow. Um, but okay. but IDP-wise, the uh, the preference would be Hamilton because He'd be a you're safety. getting a safety who mm-hmm. could possibly, you know, get the linebacker-type style play, the sweet spot snaps. I was going to mm-hmm. say, are we looking at sort of like – Micah Parsons, but just like one layer of the defense back where Micah Parsons was coming up to play edge. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton's coming up to play linebacker. We're just shifting the whole defense forward. So like now we're going to have a defensive tackle playing safety, mm-hmm. like Jordan Davis covering the deep half of the field. Let's just. The positions are just to throw them off now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. I mean, if you look nice. at, if he does land with the commanders and you have Cam Curl there and he can Landon Collins last year, pretty much played linebacker. Yeah. yeah. He, you throw Kyle Hamilton in there, he can play a lot of linebacker, but have better ball skills. So yeah. maybe in the end, it's Jamin Davis that gets the gets the rug pulled out from under him when Kyle Hamilton lands. Somebody's there. going to, yeah, probably that's not wh- going to be Cole Holcomb. That's why, and and uh, the mullet and, is too fresh. So in these <laughs> best ball drafts we've been doing, that was actually a factor, like why I drafted two guys that I did because I was like, oh boy. I, I was it was uh, Brandon Jones and Kari Willis. I went with both of them because I know that Indy doesn't have a first round pick, right? Nope, they do not. And you get you have what one, two in second. Um, y'all got bigger knees than safety. Yeah, though. we Surely have, they're I not think p- two thirds, or we had a third. I think we traded one of them for Matt yeah. Ryan. So that was one that I I, I went with Kari because like all right, that's good. He feels safe. And then Brandon Jones as well. Miami doesn't have a, a pick until the third round. Wow. Yeah, because of the Tyreek deal, right? So Brandon Jones. Oh. Right. Should, should have taken some Rams because I'm not sure if they have any picks in this. There you draft. go. They don't have picks that's, until 2026. That's a sneaky little thing, though, yeah. when you're doing this stuff, like seeing like what teams have what, what needs they have, you know, no one trying to like kind of figure out how they're going to spend their capital. Because this is a great time in Dynasty to try to predict like who yes. you get off of right now. Oh, Cameron Bynum was another one. I was like, mm-hmm. that's what's concerning me with as a Vikings fan. Like they could easily take Kyle Hamilton and then Cameron Bynum, poof. Yeah, it's gone. They could kind of. I mean, you could really until Smith retires or whatever. You could yeah. almost make an argument that the Vikings need Hamilton more than the Commanders because no Anthony Barr. They haven't really signed anybody aside uh, beside Eric Kendricks. They uh, have uh, Jordan Hicks. Short, oh, but, Jordan, I mean, that's yeah, not whatever. Uh, yeah, um, that's interesting. So I guess the other thing for me when I think about Hamilton is, you know, we've got upcoming. Most of them are five or seven round rookie draft picks. Um, and Joey's already talked a little bit about, you know, some of these edges are going to be pretty elite. Um, and we'll, we'll get into some of the linebackers over the next, you know, couple weeks as the draft happens and stuff. And and we see some landing spots and whatnot, but let's just say that Kyle Hamilton goes to a a great team, goes to Vikings, goes to commanders, goes somewhere where we think he's going to be productive. Um, if he is what, you know, possibly a linebacker with a safety tag, um, you know, how high could we see him go in these rookie drafts? First round, right? I mean, into the first. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I think if people really sat there and thought about it, yeah, I think you could talk yourself into taking him late first. I mean, if he ends up being a Derwin or, you know, early career Jamal Adams type, yeah, it's that's worth a late first price tag. Yep. But, I mean, you don't have to take him that. I don't think you you got to do that, right? If you have a, have to, if, I think you can land Hamilton probably mid-second. Exactly right. Yeah. Like, if you if you have, like, trade back if you're in that situation, pick up some more picks, mm-hmm. figure something out. Don't take 
don't take. I've, I've never seen a safety go a rookie nope. safety go that high. It's been either edge. I think or, Jam, I think Jamal Adams is the highest I've seen a, a safety go. I took Derwin like three oh seven. Jamal was like mid second. Okay, mm-hmm. so probably like the ceiling right now, at least from what we've seen, is probably like mid second. Right, so but do we think Kyle Hamilton. I think I think he could I think he could break that yes because for me I think Kyle Hamilton he feels pretty much bulletproof mm-hmm. like yep. I, I don't care about landing spot at all like it doesn't matter like I he's agree. he's right. gonna eat wherever he goes right mm-hmm. yeah I think so too yeah and Joey one thing that this brings to mind I was reading uh, the Bloom One Hundred and it talked about how Kyle Hamilton Sig had actually dropped him because there were so many. DBs safeties available on IDP waiver wires that it was like, why spend a high rookie pick on this guy when you can go sign three or four guys off of waivers that will probably produce pretty similarly. So that's a great point as well. And if that's depressing Kyle Hamilton, I think that's probably part of the argument for these other safeties being depressed that are not named Kyle Hamilton. Right. Right. I mean, when it comes to drafting safeties and any sort of defensive back and IDP, you need to be like that, that elite guy in order to actually get mm-hmm. any attention. It's really hard, especially in rookie drafts. Like everybody's looking for that top linebacker, that top edge. I mean, it, the defensive backs are so deep. Like you can go yeah. last year, what it was a Amani Unruarie, cornerback for uh, Detroit. Yep. He had like 60 tackles, six interceptions, and 10 passes defended. I mean, if you went and picked him up at the end of your season off the waiver wire, and you got like seven great weeks of production out of him. It's like, why am I reaching for a defensive back when I can just do something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like the biggest reason here being, which is something I heard Evan and Glosser talk about, Joey, was just where are these guys going to line up? And that was something you mentioned, something I heard them say as well. A lot of guys who might be playing cornerback, slot corner, deep safety, not the sort of, you know, uh position that we want them on the field for IDP production. And don't hear us say overdraft IDPs. I remember 2020, me and Adam and uh, Fantasy Guru Bro did a mock draft. And essentially the, I mean, what you want to do, you want to let the offensive guys push the defensive guys down. Mm -hmm. I'm never a huge fan of like reaching for any of these IDPs. I mean, you look a couple years ago, Chase Young hasn't been a good reach. No. Um, you know, I'm trying to think last year. I mean, Michael Joey Parsons Bosa was great, was, but was early too in one of those drafts. Yeah. It was like one Oh seven, but that's not the edge position is probably about the only one that you could, that you could say was worth reaching for, for some of these guys that ended up hitting, um, Michael Parsons also is great as well, but for the most part, the risk versus the reward of the linebackers and even the DBs really yeah. to go higher than the, the status quo is a risky proposition because then you're letting these guys like Kenny Gainwell, Kadarius Toney, um, um, trying to think, um, Antonio Gibson was a fourth. Chase Claypool was a fourth mm-hmm. in ours. I mean, there's just a lot of these random, you know, offensive pieces in Deontay the thirds Johnson, and, and seconds and stuff that, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's risky to try to overdraft yeah. a linebacker or a safety. So don't hear us. That's what I'm saying. Don't hear us say like, yeah, don't worry about offense. No, let's pay attention to offense as well. Yeah. yeah. Offense, you just have a better chance at that stable week to week production than you do with IDPs. Mm-hmm. So if that's, that should be part of the equation of like drafting players high in rookie drafts is like 
You want that safe floor. You want that week-to-week stability. These are guys you want to be able to plug into your lineup sooner rather than later. And you just have a better chance of doing that with an offensive player than an IDP. Deontay Johnson, what was he? Fourth? He was like a third, I think, okay. maybe maybe a late second. But yeah, we we always preach, always want to wait in all your drafts. I mean, that's what that's why you're listening to us is to find the the value, right? Because there's always it's always out there in every draft. You just gotta you know gotta know where, know where to, look. to look. And what you said was right too. It might be a good year to kind of sneakily move back and just be yeah. like, hey, what about this one twelve for two of these seconds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me the two hundred three totally. and the two hundred five. If you're if if whoever you're tra- trading with really wants somebody at that 112 spot, um, I think it's very similar to the actual NFL draft where the top end is going to be fun, like Brees Hall is going to be cool and everything, but there's a pretty fat middle. See, I think mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to be like the NFL draft where you're trying to trade back and nobody wants to trade it's up. It's possible because that's the report that yeah. we're seeing now is th- the phones are ringing off the hook of teams wanting to move back, but be. nobody's answering that wants to move up. It'll so. it'll hit it'll hit after the after the actual NFL draft and we see all these you know cool pictures. We'll talk of ourselves what into Aiden it. Hutchinson yep. looks like in a Jaguars uniform. It'll yep. go the other way. That's right, Joe. It always does. So let's move now to the linebacker position. And a guy that you are saying that needs to be drafted by a team that will use him as a will linebacker. Who are we talking about next on your list? Not as will, actually. Oh, not as a will. He needs to be a Mike. He needs to be 100% a Mike. Uh, Leo Chanel. Uh, So Leo Chanel, he's he's probably the best run-defending linebacker in the draft. He's, He's actually a very good run defender. But he's terrible in coverage. Like he's not good in coverage by any means. So it's tough to predict him having a three-down role, especially as a rookie. So what I would love to see a team do with him is exactly what they did with Micah Parsons this year because he's also been successful coming off the edge, and he has a decent enough frame to do it. So maybe uh, early downs, put him in the mic position, put him in as your middle linebacker, and then on obvious passing downs, shift him to the edge and make him a pass rusher and bring in somebody who can cover a little better. But if he doesn't land in a situation like that and he's just, and he's forced to cover, I think Leo Chanel is going to have issues staying on the field. He doesn't look great in coverage, Joey. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Bobby's got a picture pulled up of him trying to catch a pass. It's terrified. <laughs> looks like I would look if an NFL quarterback was throwing me the ball. That's excellent. Yeah. I'm glad so, for the vindication. Yeah, it seems like, Joey, that these guys who can't hold up in coverage are just becoming more and more of a relic of a different era of NFL football. You have to be able to hold up in coverage in what is becoming predominantly a passing league, right? Well, look at uh, Kenneth Murray. He just kind of fell off the face of the earth. First round pick, and they just said, get out. Even getting rid of Kaiser White, they're still worried about him. You're going to play a little who'd you get? Yeah, I was going to say, I traded away Kenneth Murray, my flag plant. So a lot of sunk cost bias there for a fifth and a fourth next year. Just give him away. Just (laughs) get him off. Just get him off the roster. I don't know. He absolutely could turn it around. But, man, it just seems like the Chargers do not like Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like all the the buzz was positive when uh, your boy uh, came over from the Rams. And Troy, then, get your reader. Get no, your, no, the coach, oh. the head coach, not the <laughs> linebacker. <Brandon> Staley. <laughs> when Staley came over from the Rams, like we're going to use Kenneth Murray more as a blitzer. This is going to be great. And then he saw Kenneth Murray playing. He's like, oh my god, no, you are benched. What are no, we that's doing? Atrocious. Here? 
Hey, I'm hyped for uh, the tranquilizer and get your reader season. Yes, sir. Yeah, for real. Tranquilizer and get you a reader That's, season. Oh, it's not going to be good. going to yeah. be rough. Boy, they need to draft a linebacker. No, but is, seriously, I mean, they're going to be. Is, that's that, putrid. They're going to soak up some tackles. Absolutely. You got uh, Khalil Mack and uh, Joey Bosa there. And now then you interior. Have they SJD got, on the inside. And they also brought in Austin Johnson, right, from the Giants? Yes. Jerry I mean, Tillery had a pretty fun. decent season last year, too. That's right. They have Tillery, too. Hmm. Yeah, it was, stacked, no, it was uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over from the Rams. So. He, he did oh, the, that's uh, a nice addition. He, SJD. He did the acronym. Yeah, yeah. so gosh, hey, gosh. Uh, speaking of Leo Chanel, though, I'm looking at his player profiler. Um, really good, really good profile. So four five three forty. That was ninety first percentile. Had a hundred eight hundred eighteen point seven speed score. That was ninety six percentile. One hundred thirty two point nine burst score. That's that's also ninety six percentile. Agility score eleven point two. That's seventy fifth. Uh, and then he had a bench press of 34, 99th percentile. They're comping him to Luke Keekley, so that makes your, wow. your ears perk up a little bit. So why is this guy so bad in coverage? Does he just have bad instincts? Does he not know where the play's going? I think so, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. He needs some coaching. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's devoid of it, but he just needs some coaching because he looks lost when he's in coverage. Well, he may measure athletically to Luke Heakley, but Luke Heakley Luke obviously was on another level because of what's between Luke the years. I was going to say, like one of the smartest. I just give myself chills. <laughs> Addy's weekly installment of giving himself chills. At least he's giving himself chills. Installment. Yeah, he's, he can control it now. <laughs> chill City. Segment. Yeah, Chill City with Addy. All right, so let's move to another great name Chilling here. Chilling name. <laughs> another. <laughs> Another great name here, Joey Kingsley Inigbare. Why do you have Kingsley on the list of potential IDP bus? Uh, he's another guy who's uh, going to have trouble seeing the field for uh, for high volume. He's a he graded out really poor as a run defender, and uh, he actually looks lost as a run defender as well. He's a uh, he takes time off a couple plays, so he's got an inconsistent motor sometimes. But uh, he's He's just a guy that's going to take time to develop. I mean, you don't want you don't want to draft some guy who t- takes time to develop. He's probably going to be a second round pick in the NFL draft, but he's still going to be a situational pass rusher to start his career until he learns how to play run defense. So, I think on the high side, you're looking forty percent snap share at best if he lands on an edge needy team. So that's, I I just don't see that equaling great IDP production. Sounds more like Queensley. So Bobby, God, that's oh, right there. That's uh, remember Patrick King, Patrick King, yeah, the King of Queens. Mm-hmm. Not so much. So Kingsley, Queensley, and Igbare. Uh, so I'm curious, Joey. We're talking about rookie drafts here, right? Don't draft this guy necessarily. He may be a bust for your. Do you recommend? rostering him if say he's floating out there in a free agent auction and you can scoop him up on a minimum deal or just wait just wait and see what happens with him oh no if you can get him on a minimum deal i think there's enough potential there to do it but you just got to understand there's the potential for the bust i know he's a he's considered a top 10 edge in the class but he's also he could fall out quite easily yeah, he feels like what, like a classic fifth or sixth round rookie pick for you, yeah. or someone. Yeah, that right that follows the waivers. So I mean, think last year, like that was guys like what Joe Tryon, yep, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Osai, yep, Joseph Osai, yep, um, Peyton Turner. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was a little earlier, but that type. Yeah, exactly. Which is you know, sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
it's unlikely that it hits, but it's you know, it's not costing. We'll you much. get into the you know kind of some of these best balls that Josh has us in, but you know these edges just there's a tipping point after about fifteen. It's like dang, these suck. It's just not that fun to roster. You get it, yeah. You get into some of these only drafts, and in like twenty seven rounds, like about round twenty one, you're like, boy, oh, yeah, we're <laughs> in bad shape. It, it is, it is now. looking grim out here. So, uh, the first couple edges you mentioned, Joey, it was positional usage where these guys were going to line up. You're saying with Kingsley, it's more just about this dude is gonna take some time to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his uh, he needs to learn how to play run defense before he sees the field and on a consistent basis. All right, well, let's move now from a very fun name to say to just a very standard name. I just feel like you may have pulled this off the random white name generator, Brandon Smith. What's going on <laughs> with Mr. Smith? I mean, seriously, you you can't make this up. I've got that app too, John. If I Googled this, I don't even think it would pull up the right guy because it's so generic. Uh, but what's going on with Mr. Smith that's giving you pause? Uh, he's, I mean, in college as a recruit, he was a really high recruit. I mean, he's got unbelievable athleticism for the position. He's got a good frame. He's got good speed. He just never really broke out. I mean, he when he got to Penn State, everybody was expecting him to, once Micah Parsons left, to just take over the defense. And it just it didn't happen. It was, it was him, it was Ellis, and it was Lucada. They were all playing, and nobody really jumped out. So my worry with Smith is now he goes to the NFL and he's just, if he couldn't develop in his time in college, what makes you think he's going to develop once he gets to the NFL when competition's even, even bigger, even better. So Joey, Brandon Smith mm. to the Cowboys. Do you like it? Uh, not really because it's going to be Jabril, Jabril Cox at that point. But didn't he uh, have the late season? Uh, ACL towards AC- ACL uh, or Achilles. Oh, it was a. I think it was ACL. Okay. It was his neck. Okay. Just snapped it clean in half. <laughs> his head fell off. His head fell off. Very, very tragic. I've been I mean, seeing, at that point, they probably play a lot more. You got Parsons, and then you, are, you think they're done with the LVE being like I mean, a sub package player? Yeah, they brought, brought him, him back. back. For just well, it was a game pennies. So it was like what two million? Just, I literally picture him just tossing a sack <laughs> like a, a leather sack <laughs> of like out. pennies. Yeah. <laughs> I worry with the Cowboys' defense, depending on like what they do in the draft, if they're just going to play a, a ton of sub package, just mm-hmm. LVE is going to be rundowns. He's going to leave during pass situations. Micah Parsons is going to rotate between edge linebackers. That defense is it's going to be weird, depending on what they do personnel wise in the draft. Uh, Brandon Smith has been to the Bills also, which is kind of interesting with Tremaine and uh, Milano up there. There you go. Yeah, you would think they're kind of solidified already but uh, Tremaine they're probably looking to get rid of Tremaine yeah, yeah. they're they're thinking for life Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds Tremaine's done after this year right yep. they, they picked up his option right now? I think it's his fifth okay they, he's still pretty young though they picked up his option but I don't yeah I think he's still 21 yeah yeah <laughs> he can't even drink yet he's actually uh just waiting for the day he can illegally have no but you're right he is one of those guys like beverage. he's 24 still he's been in the league for six he years has that or sammy watkins or amari cooper yeah. syndrome where yeah. he's like mm-hmm. somehow still like early 20s despite being in the league for 10 years mm-hmm. so uh from one extremely generic name to another joey uh brandon smith's frat bro they're figuring out how to handle this incoming pledge class uh, Sigma Chi, Cameron Thomas. What's going on with Cam. Cameron Thomas that is making you think maybe this dude might be a bust? 
Uh, a lot of similarities with Karlaftis and Walker. He's a much better interior rusher than he is in, on the outside. And he's, he has even less bend than either the two aforementioned edge rushers. But uh, he was overpowering in college, and he's got a, an amazing first step, but he played in the Mountain West. So, I mean, he was a barely a three-star recruit out of college. He didn't get any D1 scholarships outside of San Diego State. Then he goes into the Mountain West, starts off at D-tackle. He played this first, I think, season or two at D-tackle, and then he moved to the edge. So he bounces back and forth, but he's probably best off playing like the other two guys who said three-tech or five-tech, so a three-four D-end or an interior pass rusher on a four-three. So I, I think just his his NFL position is going to cap his his potential. Fun fact, I was Googling Cameron Smith to try to find a picture of this guy, and it just kept pulling up a redheaded white linebacker for the Vikings, and I was like, this isn't, I don't think this is the guy that Joey's talking about. I realized I had Cameron Smith instead of Cameron Thomas. I just merged him uh, with his frat bro, Brandon Smith. I was like, Cameron Smith, Joey, are we sure we got the right guy here? Uh, But I finally found him. Yeah, San Diego State. Um, I remember... I think when when you guys did the Edge episode, didn't you one of you rank Cameron Thomas like ten out of ten? I have Cameron Thomas actually as my Edge six or seven. Okay. I think oh. I actually I like him a lot, but there's always that potential depending on where he lines up. I mean, I would love to see him. Honestly, he's probably best off as a three four D end, and I think he could potentially play well there. It's just for IDP, you want those four, three D ends. You want those guys coming off the edge. Mm-hmm. You want those more athletic speed rushers on us because they seem to be more productive. But yeah, it was Macri had him ranked as the number twelve guy out of twelve. So mm-hmm. uh, he likes his motor. He says that he's a wrestler, line versatility, but not a lot of clean wins on tape and a ton of inside moves. Doesn't provide much else. He said he's a thick with two C's edge though, mm. which we do like because mm-hmm. we are body positive. On the IDP show, so like go get it, Cameron Thomas. You do you, girlfriend. I, I do. I did like Cameron Smith's college production better, though. I will say, <laughs> Cameron Smith, J- Joey. Just for fun, look up Cameron Smith and uh, play for us, USC. Yeah, I was gonna say Cameron Smith. I was like, this cannot be the same person. Twenty nineteen pick, yeah, out of USC. Very redheaded. Very very white. Um, I, I mean, tw- man, I put in Cameron Smith and it comes up as an Australian golfer. That's what I was going to say. That was the first thing that yeah. I had to sort through was the Australian golfer He's before good. finally finding the redheaded ginger man for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh yeah. There he is right there. <laughs> Cameron Smith. <laughs> look, folks, look it up. The, the, He's a beauty. The, the traffic on Cameron Smith is about yeah. to see mm-hmm. the lights about to go Trending. off on the board. Mm-hmm. So Joey, let's, let's play the game of which I think every, you know, every analyst should do at this point is like, what if I'm wrong? What if I am not seeing this right? So of this list of guys, who do you have, who do you think has the best chance to prove you wrong in terms of being an IDP bust? He lands in a nice situation. Yes, Addy? Best chance to bat you. Yeah, best chance to bat you in the butt. Uh, lands in a good situation, maybe gets lined up a little differently, sees a high percentage of snaps because of an injury or something else. Who has the best chance to bite you? Uh, I'm going to say Leo Chanel. That- just because he's just he's so dominant in run defense. If he, if he can find a role where he stays on the field, I think he can be productive. So have you thought at all as you've been scouting these guys, Joey, of where like a Leo Chanel might 
be like an ideal landing spot for him? I was trying to think of it, but I can't. I mean, it, it's kind of tough to predict like somebody, to, a team that needs a role. Like, I mean, maybe the Atlanta Falcons because they're completely void of any edge presence and middle linebackers at this moment outside of Deion Jones. I mean, Michael Walker's not bad. But... Hey, 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 Rashawn Evans. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it's solid easy. pick, though. Honestly, yeah, best balls. I, I think it may be easy just to say like the Falcons or the Texans or the Lions or you know these teams that have zero NFL caliber players on them. Yeah, it's just I, I feel like a team that has poor edge rushing and in need of a linebacker could is a team that Chanel could see the most time on the field. Yeah. So, any relation to Lavisca? <laughs> I think that may be a tiny bit different. I did love that you said Chanel, though, which I'm pretty sure is like a makeup or a purse brand, Daddy. Oh, Josh, you know what Chanel is? Leo Chanel. Yeah, you know all about it. Uh, but speaking <laughs> of Chanel, let's take a quick break to hear from our partners and sponsors and friends. And when we come back, we are going to talk about those best ball drafts that we've mentioned and some of our takeaways from the early selections. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. What's up, y'all? It's Josh here with the IDP Show, and I want to take a quick second to tell you about a new partnership. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know we are big fans of The Athletic. And I know what you're thinking, Josh, there's so much good sports coverage out there. How can you possibly justify paying for sports coverage every month? And I thought the same thing. I was skeptical as well until I checked it out. And I have to tell you, I don't even really look at other sports sites anymore. It is the best, the top tier. We're talking not just the NFL, but college sports and other professional sports leagues as well. And not only that, you get access to their podcast library ad-free. For me, as a fan of the Athletic Football Show with Robert Mays, that's enough of a reason for me to subscribe right there. But I'm telling you, you're going to love the coverage. If you're a fan of one of these teams, they have the best beat writers in the country, in my opinion, who produce work every single week. So you want to check this out. I promise. I had the same reservations that you did but once i saw what i was getting with my athletic subscription i'm not going back it is the only way forward if you're a serious fan of the nfl so we are thrilled to announce that if you are interested in trying out the athletic we now have a free 30-day trial offer you can check it out in the episode description you'll see a link Sign up, get 30 days free. Try it for yourself. Test out the claim here that you can't go back once you check out The Athletic. And if you like it, subscribe after the free 30-day trial. It gives us a little bit of support here through this affiliate program. So again, The Athletic free 30-day trial. Check out the episode description. Give it a try. I think you're going to like it. Let me know what you think. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Josh here with the IDP show. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where league members get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. And the IDP show is making it happen for listeners. We've partnered up with RSO to offer new members 10% off their annual site fee. Just use promo code IDP show after your 14 day trial is complete. So what are you waiting for? With RSO, you have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Like we said, it's the closest thing you can get to being an NFL general manager. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Just remember to use the promo code IDPSHOW to get 10% off the site fee. Again, that's promo code IDPSHOW to get 10% off the site fee for your leagues in 2022. Fantasy just got real with Reality Sports Online. What's up, everybody? Josh Raymer here with the IDP Show, and I am so excited to share some big news with you all today. We are announcing a new project that has been a collaborative effort between the IDP Show, IDP Guys, and Dynasty Football Factory. It is the IDP Draft Kit. Now, whether you're new to IDP or you've been playing for decades, we could all use a little help once draft day rolls around. After all, the foundation we lay during the draft is what sets us up to win a championship or, if you're in a dynasty league, be a top contender for years to come. The IDP Draft Kit is the resource you need to dominate your drafts. We've got you covered with combined and positional rankings for both redraft and dynasty leagues. Now, this isn't a static draft resource either. It'll be updated throughout the offseason so you stay ahead of the curve. More of a do-your-own-research fantasy player? No problem. We've got top-level analysis from some of the brightest minds to help you identify opportunities for each of the 32 NFL defenses. If you've thought about trying IDP but were hesitant to take the plunge, don't worry. We're here to help guide you with an IDP starter kit plus our preferred scoring settings for a new league. It's everything you need to hit the ground running and absolutely flatten the IDP learning curve. Your road to IDP glory starts here. No more missing the playoffs or coming in second. 
All you need to do are follow these two simple steps. Step one, pre-order the IDP draft kit today. Step two, get ready to destroy your league mates. That's it. Once you have the IDP draft kit, you'll be so far ahead of your competition, they'll swear you're about to lap them. So, what are you waiting for? Go to theidpdraftkit.com today to pre-order the IDP draft kit. When you use that link, you'll automatically get our early bird pricing applied. And our early bird pricing is 50% off the regular price. But don't delay because this pricing won't last forever. So, one more time, visit theidpdraftkit.com and pre-order today. We're back, Joey, and you have had the pleasure and the privilege of being in the IDP-only best ball that we... I say that, obviously, folks, with air quotes. That is neither a pleasure nor a privilege. But we've been doing these IDP-only best balls, Joey. We got you in the first one that we started up with a lot of our buddies from IDP. And it's been a lot of fun. This was something I wanted to do uh, after getting invited to do the uh, MFL best balls that John Orr was putting together. Uh, So check those out. If you're more of an MFL guy, hit up John on Twitter. uh, And I think it's IDP underscore John. He'll get you in one of the MFL best balls. Uh, If you want to do sleeper with the, you know, the, the designations over there, maybe you like the platform better, come hit us up and we'll get you in one of these. But we just wanted to wrap this so, Joey. We've, we're in the midst of these right now. Some takeaways from the best balls that we've been doing. Addy, I'll let you kick this thing off here because you're in all three with me. We've got three of them going right now. Joey's in number one and you're in all three, the other two with me. So kind of... Player exposure, guys that you're going after, guys that you think are going too high, going really late that are nice values. Like, what has jumped out to you so far from these best balls? Well, um, I think there's still too many edge guys going too soon. Just, just for the sake of everyone, you know. Oh, I gotta have an edge guy. I gotta get. I gotta get somebody there. There's, it's, it's, it's the pools not very deep. I gotta get some. No, you don't. There's a gigantic drop off after the top three, in my opinion. It's it's some order. It's T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, and then it's a huge drop down. And so, in my opinion, I think if you don't get one of those three, you just need a hammer linebacker. Um, one thing that I've been seeing a lot of is is Chase Young, Brian Burns, um, Daniel Hunter has been Daniel Hunter, yep, Max Crosby, uh, Max Crosby. Um, who are some other ones? Trey Hendrickson. Oh, Jalen mm-hmm. Phillips, uh, Rashawn Gary. Yep. All these guys are going like in the top two rounds, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, when you can get like Khalil Mack, Demarcus Lawrence, Chandler Jones, um, even Marcus Davenport. Like, there's there is there is a, an abundant of good pass rushers still available. You know well into the eighth, ninth round, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby, it's been a little bit of retraining my brain because the main platform we play on, RSO, does not have dual designation. I've been hammering 
these dual designation guys in our best balls so far, grabbing the dudes like the Chandler Joneses, like the Von Millers mm-hmm. that can play both in that DL slot or in your LB slot. 1,000%, Josh. You know, mm-hmm. there's one of these best balls, I don't remember if it's three or one, where the sacks, is, it's basically a big play. Um, yeah, it's big three scoring. All the best balls correct. we're doing are big three scoring. And, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit last year, but... I'm rolling again with uh, you know this this league that Adam's talking about. This is this is a uh, best ball one. That's the one Joey's in. Yeah. So the first uh, the first round, just like Adam talks about, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, all off the board. Um, I still we're going into the ninth round. I'm yet to take a defensive lineman. Um, Jordan Brooks, Logan Wilson, Jamal Adams, Shaq Thompson, Matt Judon, Odafe Owe, Aziz Ojolari, Ernest Jones. So, I still see a ton of value, especially in sleeper, with these linebackers that have this defensive line designation as well. Because when you're in best ball, it's going to take, you know, whatever your dual designation is for the, um, even if it's a linebacker and it scores more as a possible defensive uh, lineman, even whichever, you know, designation or whatever, it's not like you can move these guys around. So I've just been hammering a bunch of these late like linebackers who have um, the sack upside, like a Matt Judon, like an Owe. Um, I don't know if that's smart or not. I think we're going to learn a lot by doing you know tons of these best balls. I think Josh has about ten or so yeah. um, for us to do before the season starts, and we'll learn about value and everything. But um, Adam is right. Um, there's still some pretty nasty defensive linemen coming off the board well into the eighth. We're talking about. Emmanuel Ogba, Josh Sweat, Cam Hayward, Leonard Williams, Carl Lawson, Robert Quinn, um, Joey. So you're kind of the same uh, the same vein as me here. You have taken Josh Allen in the third, um, but you've also taken Roquan in the first, Fred Warner in the second, Bobby Okereke in the fourth, Nick Bolton in the fifth, Alex Highsmith in the sixth, who I believe has dual designation on there as well. Yep. It's Joey's guy, and then yeah. Mika and Kevin Byer there in the seventh and eighth. So speak to it, Joey. So. I've been. I actually started writing an article on IDP guys based off of looking at this best ball draft. Uh, it's just late edge rushers, like the, those dual designation guys. It's like with redraft and best ball, just wait, load up on your freaking linebackers. And if there's like a, a like a Derwin James that pops out, if he somehow falls to the second, maybe reach for him. But I'm just loading up on linebackers as much as I can early. If there's a I think Josh Allen is in the third is pretty solid right there. And I th- oh yeah, if some if he's dropping the third, I'll jump on him. But I mean, you have guys like Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden had a great year last year. Um, mm. Leonard Floyd, even even with mm-hmm. with Von Miller there, he still played well. I mean, it, there's these guys that are just falling all the way to like fifteenth round, probably. But I mean, Dude, you're you're so right. It's it's just. With best ball and redraft, I think a lot of people who the people who are like so worried about getting all these edge rushers, they still have that the dynasty mindset going. It's still it's so hard to turn off that switch that they're just like it's just like I can't take Marcus Golden because what about next year? It's like well you don't have to worry about next year. It's redraft or best ball. But both of those guys that you just mentioned probably had ten sacks last year. Right, like exactly. I think Floyd pushed it, and so did uh, so did Golden as well. And ten sacks is a great year oh, for yeah. uh, for any NFL player. Josh, you've got a good little setup going as well. So, yeah. Brian Burns, Daniil Hunter, then you went Khalil Mack, Harold Landry, 
Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Emmanuel Agba. So a bunch of those guys have that dual designation as well uh, as far as those linebackers. Are yeah, concerned. I was looking at this build. I'm, I'm just trying, you know, we randomized the draft order, and that really does, I think, impact the pool of players that you have available. So I'm trying out some different strategies. I've been late. I think I'm like the sixth pick in one, the 11th in another, and the 12th in another, or something like that. I think I mainly have like late, late draft picks for the most part in these three we've started up so far. And I will say on this one, I kind of wish that maybe I had grabbed a more traditional, what we think of as linebacker, rather than these kind of outside linebacker, dual designation type guys, because now I'm sitting here looking at, and yes, I have these, like Bobby mentioned, Khalil Mack, Harold Landry, Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, which is great. But now I'm looking at, okay, what if I want a little bit of a safer floor? Because these are sort of those high-scoring kind of boom-bust guys for mm-hmm. fantasy. What if I just want the solid linebacker that's going to get you, you know, maybe 12 to 15 points, right? Well, here are the choices. And Sleeper's ADP, as we know, is whack. But Zach Cunningham, <clears throat> Joe Schobert. Devin Bush, Kenneth Murray, Jalen Smith, Miles Jack, Jordan Hicks. That's the that's the aisle that we're shopping in now for linebacker here as we are sitting in the eighth round. So I am kind of kicking myself for maybe not taking one of those tackle machine linebackers. That's that's, that's the whole point. I mean, yep. I think people people want to pretend like linebackers deeper than it is. It's not, and plus we know the NFL is moving away from uh, these heavy linebacker sets. I mean, so there's there's less of them. And here's the thing that's important with best ball. This is what you have to keep in mind that is different than regular fantasy, and this is a mindset shift. No waivers, no trades, mm-hmm. no scooping the waiver wire linebacker off the you know off the wire one week to the next. Yep. So we do that was a mindset shift for me of like crap. I really do, I tend to maybe fade linebacker because I know I can go grab a guy one week to the next to the next. You can't do that in best ball. Mm-hmm. You draft and you're done. Mm-hmm. I will also say, Bobo, and tell me if this impacted your strategy at all, this is points-based. Sleeper is set up to be head-to-head, so it's like win-loss record determine who wins. We're doing strictly based off of points. So the team with the most points at the end of the season after 18 weeks is the winner. Mm-hmm. Did that affect your draft strategy at all? It did for me just a little bit. Um, not really. I mean, you're still kind of going after the same type of goal. But what I will say about you, what you were saying before I forget it, I kind of disagree with what you're saying about going back and getting the more traditional type linebacker because best ball is, best ball is not really the place to play it safe. You want to go and you want to get some of these guys that have the big, big play potential they can get you a sack, get you a strip sack, get you a forced fumble um, because they're always going to outweigh those 10-point you know, weekly linebackers. When you can go and get a guy like Bradley Chubb, and you hope he stays on the field, but if he ends up with a two-sack game, I mean, that guy's going to be elevated into your lineup, and that's going to propel you as far as scoring is concerned. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of disagree a little bit. I always think, I think it's riskier to play – these quote unquote dual designation or edge type guys in like XFFL where yeah. you have to roll, you have to lock them in away into a linebacker spot. I feel like that's riskier than like best ball to where you're like, man, I'm just going to draft a ton of these guys and whichever ones have sacks that week is just going to elevate you. Yeah. I will say 
how it affected me is I, I worried less about floor okay. because going head to head, I do want a little safer floor because I'm trying to grab victories. Knowing it's just total points, I'm swinging all mm-hmm. for upside. Mm-hmm. And when I say I wish I would have grabbed just one, just one guy, I'm not saying I want to load up and necessarily have all these kind of tackle machine, like solid, like, 10 to 17 yeah. point linebacker guys. You're right. I'm just saying, I don't have any in this build one right guy here. would make you feel a little Exactly. Bit just yeah. one with this particular lineup would have made me feel better, Joey. How about you? I actually, I, I like having the linebackers because I, I do like having that floor, but I, I spend all my big play on my edge and on my DBs. So like I went with Minka Fitzpatrick and Kevin Byard. Both are high interception type, type of guys, but both generally have a good tackle floor. So when I'm looking at my DBs, I'm looking for big play guys, big play guys in my DBs, big play guys in my edge position. But I want to make sure I have that solid week to week production from at least two, three linebackers. It's just, it, it just a, seems too much of a, a risk for me. I know that's it's best a good ball, point, Joey. I hadn't thought of, I hadn't thought about the best, the, uh, the big play out of the DBs as much. I'm probably still being, Boring old Jordan Poyer and Justin Simmons type. Um, whereas, yeah, but they get they have their weeks though. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah, um, they both had a couple ints last year. But you're right. As far as big play with some high tackle floors, I don't know that Bayard or Minka. I don't know if there's anybody better than them. It, it, it kind of retrains your brain from what we're typically used to, which yeah. is you're looking for a little more safety and consistency, like mm-hmm. a little more solid floor. But we're chasing the Minkas and you know these. Uh, these guys that are dual designation that you would be a little bit freaked out to plug into your more traditional RSO lineup where the guy's listed as a linebacker. Do you really want to lock an Odafe Owe in or do you want to get the more solid, dependable tackle machine linebacker? So Joey, I think if nothing else, this has been a good exercise in maybe Training our IDP muscles in a way that we're not used to. Mm-hmm. 100%. Definitely. And it's also inspired me to write. There you go. Love that. Addy, what's up? What's some of the uh, highest exposure you guys have like to, to certain guys? I will say I find myself going after Javon Holland a lot. Uh, that is, I have him on our main XFFL squad. So I think that's probably part of it. For me, it is, I think I have maybe Von Miller or Khalil Mack in two of the three. So those top tier dual designation kind of edge guys, outside linebacker types, loading up on those guys. I would say the two guys that I keep going back to are um, Jonathan Greenard is just forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Ernest Jones is a castaway. Ever since the whole Bobby Wagner mess, um, Ernest Jones, you know, stock has just plummeted. Mm. You know, pre-Robby Wagner, what was he? Probably a third, maybe, um, give or take, probably somewhere in there, maybe a fourth. Um, but now in this last one, Ernest Jones was a 10th-round pick um, right behind Marcus Golden and right in front of Zach Cunningham. And I know it's best ball. I know it's not dynasty. But, I mean, there's still a crazy world where Ernest Jones could, uh, you know, really, really be good this year. And I know I'm a – too much of a Rams fan and, and get too Jonesy about him. What about that? That was a good one. <laughs> You're Jones and too much for Jones. <laughs> yeah. I will say I'm picking from the four spot in number two. Um, so I have Zadarius Smith, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Odafe Owe in there. Went on a little stretch 
of those four guys right in a row, but also have Brian Burns in that league as well. So double exposure to Brian Burns in the first two. I did take Josh Allen, shout out Joey. Uh, took Nakobe Dean in there, had Javon Holland in there. Um, Tracy Walker, after mm-hmm. seeing the video with Coach Campbell where you that you retweeted, where yeah. it's like you're, you're like one, one of the of building the blocks, right? So uh, what about you, Addy? Who do you have the, some high exposure to? Uh, a lot of Marcus Davenport. He's he's basically there like in the fifth round every time for me. A lot of Emmanuel Ogba. Um, he's I've gotten him basically from the tenth to the twelfth round, somewhere in that range. I got a lot of Foyer Aluakon this year. Um, he's in there. He's he's there for me pretty much in the second round. That that dude has done nothing but average, you know, sixteen points a game the last two years, uh, and he's going to have a massive opportunity again. He just feels safe. Um, Again, I got a lot of the Khalil Max, Chandler Jones. Um, I've, I've been drafting um, Chris Jones a little bit. People kind of forget about him. I've got him in the eleventh round in one one of these drafts. Um, Brandon Jones, uh, one of the safeties I've been getting. I got him in the sixteenth round in this one. Uh, Cameron Bynum's another guy. Uh, Uchina uh, Nuoso. He's he's someone that no one wants. For whatever reason, I just took him in like the twenty fifth round of the MFL <laughs> wow. best ball that I'm doing. Yeah, he's a wow. linebacker there, so it hurts him a little still. bit. But still, in a but best ball, I mean, dude, come on, there is no pass rushers in uh, yeah. Seattle. Yeah, um, CJ yeah. Mosley there for Addy in the third. CJ Mosley. People forget. Oh, Devondre Campbell, another guy that I'm targeting yes. heavy. He's like in the third. He's like a layup in the third round yep. for Addie you. Addy gets Justin Reed in the tenth. I will say, my, I figured out my guy. It's Von Miller. I have him in all three of the ones that we've done so far. Got double exposure of N'Kobe Dean. Got Javon Holland. Uh, yeah, Joey, I've got Kevin Byard in there. So, um, Joey, is there maybe you said you're, you're writing based off of these drafts here. Uh, has there been any, like, other macro takeaways for you from this exercise so far? I, I think for me, like Addie said, it is – unearthing kind of the 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 um misconception right that maybe we think linebacker is really deep you know and you get into these best balls and yeah you can lump the dual designation guys in there but at least for me it's been a wake-up call of like geez linebacker is not nearly as deep as what we think because this every down linebacker is becoming such a rarity in the NFL. So that's been like, oh, maybe I should go linebacker heavy a little earlier in the next best ball we do. Has there been any other kind of big picture takeaways for you? I mean, for me, mostly it's just the aging veteran edge players, man. It's especially for best ball. It's like, like those guys, Marcus Golden, Von Miller. Um, close as you have on your team, we were just talking about. But I mean, it's just those those aging Bradley veterans, Charlie. Leonard Floyd, yeah, Zadarius Smith, Zedaria Smith, all those guys. It's like, why not just wait and grab those guys? I mean, I feel like people just can't shut off that dynasty brain where they need that young edge rusher. It's like Max Crosby. Sure, Crosby's great, but you don't need to grab him in the first or second round. You can just grab like literally what Marcus Golden had 40, 44 tackles and eleven sacks with four forced fumbles last season, and he'll probably go to like the fifteenth round. It's really hard for me also to not have to worry about offense. Like, mm. it's kind of easy for me to just be like, man, I'm just going to draft a ton of offense at the beginning, and then I'll just figure out the right. IEPs at the end, and it'll be okay, and yep. I'll run waivers, you know? 
this was a mind melt from the standpoint of like, oh, it's another defensive pick. Like you can't yeah. get away from you, it. You, you, the, you there's no off. There's no CD Lambs. Yeah. No Justin Jefferson's waiting Seriously. out there. Yeah, you, you totally need to train your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. this. It really is. I feel like I'm stretching muscles I haven't stretched before in IDP land. And shout out you, Addy, for going five, six straight linebackers in best ball number three. Well, how that start? Roquan One of those Smith, was sick. Bobby Wagner, C.J. Mosley, oh, Khalil God. Mack, Zayvon Collins, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, love to see it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's great. Hey, uh, but speaking of Von Miller, and just I just kind of want to like just touch on this because his ADP again, even where you're getting him is is way too cheap. I mean, look at what he did last year. He had so he had seven games under ten points, but he had eight games over ten points. He had four games over twenty points, and he had two games over thirty points. You look at someone like Max Crosby, who's going like six rounds ahead of him. Uh, Max Crosby had 10 games under 10 points. He had seven games over 10 points, uh, only two over 20, and only two over 30. Yeah, I like that discount on taking Von Miller a lot later. I actually wanted to see where I got him, and it looks like he's pretty consistently going in the sixth round. So, Best ball number three, he was the 602. Best ball number two, he was the 607. 601. 601 and best ball one, Bobo. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Von Miller, sixth round pick across the board. That's an easy one. Max right Crosby probably going first or second round, yeah. I would say. If you're, and you should be waiting on defensive line edge again or whatever you, you have it labeled as. But you should, especially in sleeper, you should be waiting unless you have a top three pick and you can get – Watt, Bosa, or Garrett. So nobody's done this quite yet. You've seen some Derwins and some Jamals and some Jeremy Chins higher, but you haven't seen any teams yet run three or four DBs to start. What do you no. think your team ends up like? <laughs> That's bad. Not good. I, I would do that in a mock. I'll yeah. do it in a mock. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, to mess around. Ball. Not when they – yeah, and we're not – like these are all like $5 best balls. We may do some some $10 ones with offense mixed in later on. Mm. But – uh it's just been really curious. Is there is there one player, Joey, that you have just seen that it's like, what are like are we asleep at the wheel here? Like why why is this guy going as late as he is? Um, for me, it was seeing uh, our boy Jake Colhagen take Cam Hayward at the eight oh four. That was oh, one yeah. of those like kick me moments of like how did I not realize Cam Hayward was still out there? Yeah. I thought the same thing about that, dude. I was, I was thinking like um, a, a cool article would be like, don't draft this guy who has a high yes. ADP, but draft this guy. So don't draft Aaron Donald. Mm. Draft Cameron Hayward. Mm. Like, I mean, truly, look at look at the log. 106 is, for Aaron Donald, 804 for Cam Hayward. There you and that's go. in the, that's in best ball one with I mean a murderer's row we got yeah uh, we've got Evan we've got Johnny Addy John Glosser yeah. Joey Macri Kyle Belly Bobby Jake Trip Mike and myself so that just tells you I mean people slip in every yeah, single draft man. like there's value out there in every single draft like it doesn't matter what room you're in uh yeah Cameron Jordan especially on sleep Cameron Jordan going in Cameron the Jordan going after yep. Yannick and Gakaway he goes after. Went after Quiddy Pie, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. He's going to be a rookie. You never know. Chase Young. I mean, Cameron Jordan, year in, year out, goes in, and he, he's he been dominant last year. What, 59 tackles, 12 and a half sacks. It's like the dude's a beast, and he's he just keeps dropping. 
Yeah, man. All those rookies, honestly, like I'm not touching. I'm, I'm not going to find out if, if pay is good. Ojolari is good. Oh, I'm not going to try it this year. I'm not going to spend the capital I have to spend to get those guys. I'm going to just take whoever falls to me, which is going to be those vets that are going to give me nine to ten sacks again mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, in in best ball especially, you don't want to wait until like week seven or week eight when these rookies really start to come on. You want guys who are going to hit the ground running. I have found myself going rookie over some of these like later players who are just like, eh, okay. But I will say we're here in the eighth round of best ball one. Haven't taken any rookies yet. So I think it's around that like ninth or tenth round where the switch flips for me and I'm like, I think I'd rather maybe chase the upside with some of these rookies. I don't think I'm going to have any rookies. You don't think you're going to have any rooks? I don't think so. Bobby, you going to have any rooks? Mm, I think a lot of them have already gone, mm-hmm. the ones that you kind of want. Yeah. Like Aiden Hutchinson's gone. Yeah, spend up, man. Thibodeau's gone, and then Kyle Hamilton, I think, is gone. I mean, without knowing the landing spot for some of these linebackers, it's kind of hard to take a dart throw. I mean, and we're going to get to the point to where it's like, okay, you know, it's either – yeah. Troy Reader or Josh Bynes. Exactly. Or, so. Yeah. I went N'Kobe Dean in the ninth. I went uh, uh, Trayvon Walker in the 12th. Um, uh, Quay Walker in the 17th. That's like, not bad. You know, looking at some of the guys around him, I was like, yeah, I could chase like the safe. But so that that kind of is what we're talking about here. This best ball philosophy of just like chase upside, chase points, mm-hmm. chase the ceiling. Don't worry as much about the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, one more thing. So jo- uh, Bobby asked about what happens if you start three three defensive backs in your in your drafts? Well, here's why you don't do that because in one of these drafts I'm in, uh, I took so I, I've gone DB the last five picks and I've gotten Justin Reed, Harrison Smith, Kari Willis, Tracy Walker, Brandon Jones. Mm. Yeah, DB is there late, Joey. Mm. Yep. So don't don't go early. That's one it. thing too. I might do it. Don't you do I think it? You should do it. Don't you do it? Like, actually, you should do, do it for you. Do it one of the one of the money ones. Yeah, do it one of the do the twenty dollars yes, twenty dollar best ball. Now we're wait. talking. Let's do a hundred dollar best ball. Hundred. Let's do a thousand dollar best ball. Me and Bob. I got some horse race. What means I got a brick in the truck. Got a brick. Like an actual brick or a brick of cocaine? Josh, Bobby, what are you what doing on the weekends going to South Carolina? Your in-laws uh-huh. live in Lexington. Look That's what's going you, on. Josh. You're educating the public, Josh. There you go. Well, Joey, you came on. You said it all. We're going to get you out of here so you can rest up for Thursday night, my friend. It is going to be a lot of fun, and we are privileged to have you joining us for the NFL Draft live stream. Joey, who's your Niners going to take? Uh, trade back. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's pretty much a Niners fan at this point. Yeah, Trey Lance. I, I want to see him season. trade back. Here, here we I want to see him trade back and then grab either where edge are, defender what, or cornerback. Where are they now? Hmm? What pick are they 61. now? 61. They don't have any mm. first, so they're late second. Oh. Hey, but maybe once you guys trade Jimmy G, you'll get a bunch of picks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What does Jimmy fetch, like a second? I mean, he could probably – At this point with the yeah, market, point, right? no, he'll get a fourth – Maybe but it is yeah. crazy to me that like it's a weak quarterback draft, and there's a bunch of NFL teams that are about to roll out Sam Darnold, uh, Jameis Winston, Drew Locke. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And Jimmy, Jimmy yeah, I think the made Seahawks two NFC championship games and a Super Bowl, and came close to winning the That's Super right. Bowl. I wonder I, if it's not partly like that. Kyle Shanahan's like, I think Trey Lance is going to work out. 
But in case he doesn't, like maybe, maybe. you just need no, to I'm have telling Jimmy you, close I think, by. Uh, Joey, and, and, and tell me what you've been hearing, but it, I think if I'm reading the tea leaves, I think Jimmy G just ends up getting cut. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get a pick for him. I think the Panthers will roll out a Darnold-Baker-Mayfield camp battle and just see who wins that thing. I think the Seahawks are going Malik Willis. That's my bold prediction for the draft. I think Malik Willis at nine for the Seahawks because uh, he's a running quarterback. It fits with what they want to do as an offense. So what do you think? Do you think uh, Jimmy G's on the roster week one? Do you think they get a pick for him? Do you think he ends up cut? I think I think they'll cut him, honestly. I really do. I think they, they set up his contract so well to where at this point in his contract, I think there's a very low dead cap hit, so he doesn't he won't hold up the cap too much. But how old is he? Uh, 29, 30. He is 30, 30. years old. He's not yep. old. So, and his dead cap for 2022 is only 1.4 yeah. million. So hot though. He is so, so hot. He's gorgeous. incredibly handsome. One last thing. Did you guys see the Debo Samuel tweet that he deleted? No. What did he say? Well, it was basically making fun of Jamal Adams. Oh yeah. Who Jamal Adams, Jamal oh, Adams yeah. reached out Prez. to him. Who also, Prez. yeah. Hashtag. He's, he ends all of his direct messages with hashtag That's Prez. Be one thing if you're ending your <laughs> tweets with that, and it was kind of like your signature. But yeah, what are you doing, bro? I'm in what? their DMs at this point. I get that I'm talking to you, it's Prez. Like, yeah, it's I almost like you have Debo a tick. just like, dude, nah, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so so yeah, he um, – so Jamal Adams reached out to Debo. was like, hey, man, I understand what you're going through. You know, fans don't understand. Like, yeah. stay strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, Debo was like, "No, man, I don't think you do understand. I carried my team to the playoffs." <laughs> and then Jamal Adams was, he responded, "What's that supposed to mean?" Hashtag press. It's <laughs> like, does he have an auto like like an email signature for his Twitter DMs that yeah, automatically awesome. puts hashtag press on there? Like, what the hell are we doing, Jamal? Adams? But it was a bad look for Jamal. I will say yeah. he did look very corny. That's just, I think that's what Debo said. He said, "Look at this corny ass." Yeah, like, like reaching yeah. out to me on yeah. So we got some strife in the uh, the locker room here. I love it. Though. I love I love that Debo like. I just love that Debo called Jamal Adams corny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that well, is corny, one, one though. I like, saw with Debo was uh, he was at a nightclub and somebody was carrying this yes. sign that says Debo's staying. Debo's not leaving, and he's going like this. He's like, I saw that. Like, yeah. Debo thinks he's getting that. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think the 49ers are like super motivated to move this guy. Yeah, I mean, why would you trade that guy? Yeah, Same you're not. AJ so this Brown. is my thought process, right? I love Same Debo Samuel and everything he did for the 49ers last year. But if he really wants out. Trade him to a team like the Giants who ha- are trying to – they threw Tony on the block. Take Kadarius yeah. Tony and take five or seven. Five overall yeah. or seven overall. See if you can pull yeah. something like that off. That wouldn't be a bad be idea. Probably yeah. Pretty solid trade. Yeah, it's probably a good time to cash out on guys like that because you know you're going to get draft picks and you're not going to have to pay them, right? right? So, yeah, that feels like you get max – dollar right now that's like greg resenthal saying uh the chiefs not wanting to pay tyreek hill is a hell of a red flag not to pay tyreek hill yeah yeah true yeah it's like what do we when yeah. do, i mean how often do the big contracts work honestly you i know, mean like stefan diggs like the the trade is kind of the outlier in terms of like you get a guy who's been productive and people act like goes up another dude. level but people look, act like that's a win-win bro i want justin jefferson in the, yeah. and, all, and all the loads of cap we saved dude, like, look at the rams Todd Gurley, one year, gone. Jared mm-hmm. Goff, maybe one year, gone. The only ones that have worked out have really been Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. 
Yeah. And at what point players. do those really start to tip the scale? Jalen Ramsey's probably will before Aaron Donald, but it does feel like the defensive contracts are almost safer. Oh yeah, for than sure. the offensive ones. Yeah. yeah. Typically because they get a little less money. Well, because I, like we've mentioned a billion times in this podcast, defensive guys hold their value longer. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. But then you've got guys like, like Cooper Cup line. that are just like, you know, I just kind of still want what's best for the team. He's yeah. already at OTAs with Stafford and everything. Yeah. You, you know, Cut did you out. listen to Cut. around the NFL from this, uh, this week uh, with Rich Eisen? And they were basically talking about, like, how freaking chaotic the NFC West is. Like, over there in San Fran, they're like, man, here comes Trey Lance season with maybe no Debo. And then in Seattle, it's going to be Drew Locke hanging out. And then Kyler might be the quarterback this year. It's maybe, like, wow, yeah. Stafford and Cup have to be just like, damn, yeah, we're good down here. Stability yeah. with yeah. the Rams. And then they added nice. Allen Robinson. Yeah. 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 They got that locked up. Crazy. Looking pretty nice. Well, Joey, let the folks know what you've got coming up. Where, where can they find your work? Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Joey the Tooth IDP. Uh, you can find most of my all my fantasy football content at idpguys.org. Uh, anything you want to find out about UConn football, which is not a very common thing people look up, but I tell you the arrow is pointing up. You, uh, I, I write for uh, UConn SI. Um, what I do have coming out, I believe it's publishing tomorrow. I got it coming out before the draft, is my IDP Guys Top 100 Fantasy uh, Big Board leading up for the draft. So both IDP and offense, I got the top 100 coming out and it actually links to the profiles from our article. So or from our magazine, there you go. Yeah. The IDP rookie draft mags, pick up a copy of that. The IDP draft kit, pick that up as well. We'll be featuring some of those rookie magazine blurbs in the draft kit to hopefully incentivize you to pick up both, both excellent products. Uh, but yeah, check it out. The rookie draft mag. I know IDP guys is pushing that this week. You guys will be yeah. finalizing that. I believe Joey here. Once the landing spots are confirmed, y'all will wrap that up and it will go live yeah. pretty soon. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. As soon as we get landing spots done, I think we usually get it done within a week of the draft finishing. So, yeah. so check that out. IDPguys.org. Pick up a copy of the rookie mag. Pick up a copy of the IDP draft kit over there. Early bird pricing on that ends on Saturday. Uh, As soon as the draft is over, early bird pricing goes away. So check it out. Make sure you pick up a copy. Only 10 bucks. We sent out a little preview, a little little sneak peek today over on our website, theidpshow.com. So check that out. Y'all got a good uh, coach up there for uh, for UConn, Joey? Uh, Jim Mora. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, their defensive coordinator is Lou Spanos, who won two t- two uh, Super Bowls with the Steelers. There well, you ne- go. Never mind. I was going to try to get my boy a uh, my my college roommate. His uh, his brother in law is Joey Harasmiak. He was the uh, he was a coach in Maine. He's been up there uh, up in the Northeast for a while. But he's well, actually uh, they're, the DB- they're offensive coordinators from Maine. Yeah, yeah. There's a he. This dude is kind of an up and comer. Honestly, like he's gonna he's gonna get another head gig. He was a head coach in Maine for a while. Now he's in Minnesota with uh, Fleck. Is that that guy's name? Yeah. Um, pretty good dude. But anyways, let me know when you have an opening. I'll get my boy up there too. There you go. Sure. Bobby's got a resume <laughs> that he's ready to send off here. So, Coach Scout, Bobby. Joey, you came in. You said it all, my friend. We appreciate you holding it down on the draft side and the best ball side. Go get some rest, and we will see that beautiful face on Thursday. Y'all stay tuned to the feed. All I'm going to say – You know what we got coming up in terms of draft coverage? We got a special little treat 
coming out for y'all this week. That's all I'm going to say. Keep your eyes on the feed. You are not going to want to miss what we've got cooking for y'all. So thanks again to Joey. Thanks again to our patrons and our Listener League participants. We love and appreciate y'all. And we will see you very soon back in the feed and on the YouTube and the Twitter. Until then, y'all take care, and we'll see you soon.